0: Hi everyone, this is Patrick Donahoe. Welcome to the Well Standard Podcast. You're listening to episode 12 of our second season in 2018, titled Liberty. And this podcast is actually going to be a special, a special one because recently the book I've been working on for who knows how long e- eons, especially for you that have been listening for uh, a number of years, know I've been uh, working on it. But it was released this uh, this past week, and I'm really excited about it and I'm really happy with uh, how it all turned out so what I did when we were recording the audiobook is uh, a kind of a QA and a session of sorts and I talked about the experiences uh, some of the primary ones that led to some of the stories of the book but also formed the financial philosophy the life philosophy in a sense uh, of of paradigm life and what we and what we do and and uh, as it pertains to the well standard, st- well standard as well. And so, if you look at the the theme of the guests we've had and the topics and the things that we've talked about, okay, that philosophy was formed just through you know more than a decade's worth of uh, of experiences, both with uh, individuals, uh, with business owners, with uh, organizations and companies, you know, and and I. I felt, you know, it'd be appropriate to do some of these, you know, some of these stories. And uh, so this is the audio version of it. You can access the video version of it by going to the free study guide that comes with the book. So first off, you can go and and buy the book on Amazon uh, and we will have the audio book up there uh, shortly if you're listening to this, you know. Uh, down the road obviously the audiobook is going to going to be out uh, but I narrated the audiobook and it, it was really fun fun process uh, but anyway the the book is available on Kindle it's available in hardcover and paperback uh, but you can go to uh, to Amazon to order that and then we have a website where the study guide can be accessed which is complimentary which is headsortailsiwin.com and I believe the video that was put together uh, they, you know, we're just going to be playing the audio on the podcast, but the video can be accessed, I believe, in chapter two, and we'll verify that and we'll put it in the the show notes of uh, of the podcast on thewellstandard.com. But this is, uh, it, it was really important for me to, you know, to do this type of video because I think the stories behind why the ideas in the book make sense uh, is uh, are, are important because you know the the experience that we've had as a company and working with, you know, literally thousands of of people. Is, is that there are common themes as far as what a person is trying to do in their life, whether it's with uh, their family, whether it's with their career, with their profession. And the experience that I've had is that most people fit into a box that they didn't create. It was a box that was created for them or influenced. Uh, in, and it, essentially it's given them this expectation of future events that I don't think are realistic. Case in point, you know, retirement, social security. I believe that there's a different way, a better way and the box that really we were trying to break open and allow people to understand is that especially in our day and age there's so much opportunity to find something that aligns with your passions, your interests, uh, your unique abilities, uh, as far as a profession is concerned, there are ways in which you can, you know, do very well financially. Uh, that people are aren't open to because of how held back they are uh, with this, you know, box that has been created. You know, I would say by society. It's been reinforced by society, but more created by, you know, Wall Street by. Uh, you know, by bankers and, and uh, you know, mutual fund companies and so forth. And uh, and I believe it's it's hurtful uh, because there's so much opportunity outside of that box. And so the book, you know, theme and narrative, you know, really isn't this, like, idea that, uh, that was conceptualized one morning, right? It was the accumulation of story after story after story, experience after experience, and seeing the same thing. And I believe that, you know, the Q&A of this video, you know, the, the audio you're about to hear, in uh, the and the video, uh, will kind of introduce that idea, but in in the end, I feel that the book really addresses those uh, those points, and it proves proves out that this box that has been created uh, is not going to work, uh, statistically, and people are you know have these false you know this false hope in a, in a sense. This provides another way, provides uh, a way in which, you know, really you you can't lose uh, if you really think about it and it provides you direction. And not not to say that this is another box. The box is, you know, relative. It's relative to whoever the person is. Uh, But you listening, you know, there are ways in which you can uh, improve your lifestyle, improve your income, but overall have a different sense. Uh, associated with what you're trying to accomplish, uh, which is set by you, not by some, you know, box that has been uh, perpetuated by, uh, you know, by those that, uh, you know, that are, that are not you, that don't know you, that don't know your interests. It's just this, you know, box has been created that uh, I believe is just not, it's not healthy for, for people in their, uh, in their specific growth. So anyway, instead of me going off on some diatribe, definitely go uh, buy the book, listen to the book, uh, as well as, uh, listen to this interview. Go watch the video. Get on the study guide. There's a bunch of you know additional resources on the study guide that I think will uh, reinforce, uh, but also help you understand uh, better what uh, what I'm trying to what I was trying to convey in the book. So with that uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and transition to uh, the audio uh, of this Q&A session uh, that i did for the book. Welcome to the 2018 seasons of the Wealth Standard Podcast, celebrating life, liberty, and property. You are listening to Liberty, season two. Hi everyone, this is Patrick Donahoe and I am in our sound stage where we do some video and podcasting and I am recording the audiobook. So I thought I'd take a moment and relive some of the memories over the last uh, almost 12 years of Paradigm and how I got to the place that, uh, that I am right now and i think these stories are important for you to, to know about and they really formed a lot of the content of the book they helped form my financial philosophy my life philosophy my business philosophy in a sense and uh, and so i wanted to tell some of those uh, some of those stories so welcome and thanks for watching paradigm started at the at the height right it was kind of like when ev- when you know, home prices were at all-time highs. The Dow was hitting, you know, the stock market was at all-time highs. Uh, you know, people people were living it up. Credit was available and the markets were doing good. The retirement accounts were doing good and investment was doing good. People were investing lots of money. And, you know, it was at this at this height where when I started doing what, uh, what we do, I started to learn about it. Uh, I was very optimistic, right? I was optimistic about uh, you know, investment. I was optimistic about you know growth and optimistic about you know everything, right? And I didn't force. I didn't foresee any of the events that started to uh, unwind the entire world, the entire world economy, and and this you know this office, this you know the the grayness, the cubicles, like the the. Closed spaces are are kind of what I remember and you know psychologically. It feels like uh, this, you know uh, claustrophobia right in a, in a sense where There didn't seem to be uh, an escape right and I remember one of the the pivotal moments for for me was I uh, was actually with my wife. So the the business I was a part of had made some investments as a business we had uh joined with a few other groups uh, and, and I was obviously I was doing the insurance I was running Paradigm Life and Paradigm Life you know was essentially one of the services that we were uh, they we were providing as a as a unit and and the other businesses started to, to fail and the investments that were made um, I thought were gonna gonna do really well and I trusted the individuals that uh, you know that were running them And there was just some some people that I experienced uh, that in those moments where uh, things don't go according to plan, people try to Band-Aid. They try to Band-Aid over it and bide their time. Oh, it'll come back or it'll improve. And it was like, it just kept compounding and compounding and investment started to unwind for the company. And for me, You know, those, some individuals, some outside businesses that I, you know, put, I had a lot of faith in that I, That they were competent, that they were professionals, that they knew what they were doing. And everything just started to uh, unwind. And a lot of it unwound within a, a six month period of time. And I made, I made the same mistake uh, as they did. I uh, tried to mask the problems with my wife. And uh, I distinctly remember a, a, a dinner that we had that I basically was just like, I can't, you know before the dinner it was like I can't I, I just can't not it was when I it's when I realized that it wasn't gonna come back that it was gone that all that was being said to me was just to to mask the problem paper over the problem and it, it was it, I felt compelled you know and it was very really painful and humbling for me but I felt compelled that I I had to tell my wife because I didn't, and I didn't let her know. I didn't communicate what was going on. And you know, it was one of those, like I, you know, it was, I'm, I was young in in a marriage and I had little kids and it was like, I'm the, I'm the breadwinner, right? I need to take care of my family. They're relying, they're relying on me uh, to support, to support them. And, and I, for whatever reason, I felt like communicating to uh, Cynthia that they're, was failure that i wasn't doing well that the business wasn't doing well investments weren't doing well it somehow corresponded to me not being a a competent uh breadwinner father husband and so i just i just didn't say anything didn't communicate and that was a that was a huge mistake and so i let all of it build up and then you know, of all places, we you know, we went to Chuckarama and went to, uh Chuck-a-rama, <laughs> you know, which is, you know, for those that are not, you know, in the in the West, Chucarama is, is I don't know what the equivalent would it's a be. It's yeah, a it's like buffet. a it's like a cheap buffet. <laughs> and you know, so we were at Chucarama and and I'm just like and I just told her, I said, listen, like we're I think we're gonna lose the house. Uh we have no money left, and I'm not sure what to do. And it kind of freaked her out uh, a little bit. I mean, she left for almost a month. Like she oh, yeah. went, yeah, she went to her, her parents' house, uh, and, and it was, it was hard. That was, uh, I think that was, that was 2000, um, 2009, I think it was. And it was, it was, it was, it was, it was hard. That w- those were some hard months, right? Especially those weeks. That's where, like, yeah, I remember just you know, Rain and I remember cloud and coming to the office. I, I, I just I couldn't get out of bed and usually I'm like an early riser I can outwork anyone and that's how I how I feel about myself often oftentimes, but then I had no motivation, right? It was it was gone and and It was it was hard uh, but At the same time, you know I look back on it and I realize the importance of going through those events. I, I recognize that people uh, they're they're wired to survive and I get it. You know, it's like they want to protect their families They want to protect their business. They want to protect their name and their integrity and their reputation And uh, and I and I get it uh, At the same time, you know, I I've learned the lesson that investment uh, Is is does imply risk it sounds cliche and it, it sounds like it, you know it should be self-evident for people to realize that but investment is investment is very risky and it can it can ruin people and 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 I look at the foundation upon which people make their investment and and it's not education it's not a knowledge of the underlying investment right it's they're doing it because they trust whether it's the company or the person right or the idea they trust that and that's not for me that is not the way to make an investment to put money that people have earned that they control into something that you know the person didn't necessarily earn and that they don't have control over right and so it 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 brought me to my knees you know for several months and you know the story that's told in the book gets into you know that's those doldrums I guess you can say but then also a lot of the things that started to happen right as as a result of you know me me being in that situation, me being, you know, acknowledging that, like, okay, I don't need a, I don't, I can't protect my, my credit score. Uh, I can't protect money. I can't protect the the decisions I made. Right? There's nothing I can do, and it's all and it's all gone. I remember, I remember the, I remember the feeling of, of being okay with not paying my bills. Like I stopped paying like my credit card bills, my car payment uh, you know, even utilities. Um, I, you know, we had a number of rental properties at the time. I remember, and uh, of course, in hindsight, this probably wasn't the best thing to do, but we started doing those loan modifications, right? They modify your mortgage and, you know, lots of companies were, were trying to push that service. And so I stopped paying all the mortgages on the rental properties. And, uh, and I started taking the rent and living off, living off of the rent. Uh, we went on, food stamps for, I think it was like four months. And I remember Cynthia, like she, she'll kill me if I say this, but I'll say it anyway. But I remember, you know, she came home, you know, emotional because like she was in line, right? Getting food. Uh, and and the lady like didn't know how to scan the card, like the, the food stamps card. And so she like announced over the, you know, the speaker, oh no. right, it was like, like, <laughs> Um, you know, it was like those, it was those moments where, and that, you know, how I took that, I still had that feeling of like, I have little kids, like I have a a wife who's relying on me. And it was those like daggers to the heart that, you know, just kept on hitting me time and time and time again. But here's the other thing, clients, people that, you know, the the, the company I was, uh, was with that partnership I was with, as well as. Uh, paradigm life people uh were going through the same thing maybe not there to the same people extent people. for there sure there were lots and lots of people yeah. that and in, and in many ways people still haven't recovered no that, yeah. and it, and it's over a decade a yeah. decade ago and how people's credit their they're just psychology i would say their confidence in themselves uh was was destroyed and you know i saw a lot of that it was it was widespread and i think it was all it was based on what i just said it was that the decision was made not based on a person understanding what they were doing. It, the decision was made based on trusting someone that they knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And it's helped me better analyze you know, my own company, my own finances, my own investments, uh, and, and also how we, teach, how we teach clients, right? Which the, the investment is the least important thing. Right. The most important thing is a lot of other elements to a business, to the servicing of an investment, the servicing of a, uh, you know, whatever the, whatever the case may be. And I look at, you know, financial services and the financial services industry, I believe, is based on a foundation of trust. It's not based on a foundation of, of principle. And I discovered that firsthand just on hearing, you know, not just from real estate projects that went under or, Uh, investment funds that went under but also people losing 40 50 percent you know of their of their savings and investment but it but it extends to uh, the banking industry and this is where I I had I I started to gain this this disdain for 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 banks in general I would say my my philosophy uh, had had been heavily influenced by by Kiyosaki right and so you know, similar. I trusted his philosophy, right? That it would lead me to this, that, and the other, and it didn't. And this is—I had my my whole kind of like cycle with rich dad too, right? Where I had dis—I had disdain for anyone, right? And this is probably a bad a bad way of looking at it, but that, this was just what my mentality was at the time. I think it's human nature. I had a disdain for everyone, right? For investments, for money, for uh, for real people that said you should put money into real estate. That you should do this, that you should do this. I mean, I had just dis- up to that point, like I had affinity toward rich dad and affinity toward financial freedom and getting out of the rat race. Uh, I also had, you know, an affinity toward insurance, right? Not, and I'm I'm going to say that, you know, this is just being vulnerable. I, it wasn't because I understood it to the level I was able to understand it going through the the hard times. Okay, I looked at it as something that was different. I looked at it as something that, you know, uh, people didn't do, but had some intrigue and some novelty. Uh, and it, and that was where, you know, the, the whole rich dad of doing something that's different. Rich dad, poor dad, right? It was this people that are, are, are pursuing this end of financial freedom, financial independence, right? They are, uh, they're doing something different than the normal, right? So it wasn't like I was pro-insurance, I was pro-investment, you know, because I didn't like 401ks, or I didn't like IRAs, or I didn't like the stock market, I gravitated toward it, toward it because it was it was different. That's it. Not to say that that was the right thing, because I don't think it was necessarily uh, the right thing. Because when everything hit the fan, I questioned everything. I questioned insurance. I questioned uh, you know the stock market, investment, business, and because I saw firsthand that you know human nature. Survive, does anything it can to survive, protect their, protect their reputation, protect their, uh, you know, their integrity, their family, right? And they end up making unprincipled decisions, right? That affects and hurts other other people. But banks are are a perfect example of it. Banks, it, it was one of those things where banks will give you a loan. Banks will allow leverage. With leverage, you're going to have a higher return, which is true, right? But when things don't go go according to plan, I realized during those years that nobody, not very, I'm not saying nobody, but very few people understood the extent to which a bank could exercise the provisions of the contracts that everybody signs without even reading them. Those hundreds of pages sometimes, sometimes they're 30 pages of a mortgage, 40 pages that you're signing, 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 signing. Nobody understands that that's a contract And it basically says that the bank can come after you for anything. It can garnish your bank. If you default, right, they'll take you to court. They'll get a judgment. They'll wipe out your bank accounts. They'll show up to your doorstep, right? They'll serve papers. uh, They'll. Nobody knows how to defend that. Nobody knows what that means. And That's why so many people filed bankruptcy. They filed. They went into foreclosure because they didn't understand their rights. But they started to realize that, wow, like. I don't have control. I'm just going to wipe it out, file bankruptcy, start over, and then they started over with the same mentality and haven't learned the lesson. And that's where I'm concerned with what's going on in today's economy. I mean, I, I remember distinctly there was a client and very, very uh, successful dentist, but made some you know poor investment choices and and had um, you know still had his income. Was doing dentistry, still had his income, but he uh, he was underwater by like hundreds of thousands of dollars in his in his home and a bankruptcy attorney was telling him to uh, to file bankruptcy right and And I and I looked into it. I'm like all your you're just underwater in your mortgage like, okay Let's figure out what to do And I realized that different states have different laws associated with how banks or creditors can collect and in the state of Arizona Right. It's it's what's called a non-recourse state, okay, which means that if you get foreclosed on, okay, the bank can't come after you for more than the home is worth. okay. In Utah, they can. In a lot of other states, they can. Some it's a year where they can do it and they can't after your statute of limitations. Uh, But in Arizona, they can't. And I'm like, you don't have to file bankruptcy. okay. just they'll foreclose and that's it you know they'll be you know it'll show a default on your on your credit so he did that saved saved his business i mean because that would have affected uh, his business it would have affected a lot of other things because in bankruptcy court they take all of your accounts they take all of your assets and you know i guess there's chapter seven where it just you know liquidates but there's a you know typically in bankruptcy court the nature of it right is to divide up what resources are left amongst creditors right yeah so so it was was that event where people were making decisions very uninformed decisions because at that time bankruptcy uh, bankruptcy attorneys were praying you know and getting people i hate to use word praying but they were getting people to file bankruptcy they didn't need to uh you had loan modification companies that were trying to get people to modify their loans where they were making promises that weren't accurate and it was hurting people and they were foreclosed on okay unintentionally so it was one of those you know it was just that period of time where i I saw a lot of uh, you know a lot of people fail financially, right and and it hurt. it scarred me personally. I saw a lot of other people that are are scarred. a lot of people rebounded, a lot of people didn't mm-hmm. and you know and, and it led to uh, relationship issues or led to uh, personal issues, psychological issues and it was it was painful. It was painful to go for th- through that period of time. But like I said, that's where I had this distinct disdain for uh for finan- financial companies for people so. i would say more it's more like these big conglomerates are that that leverage the the ignorance the collective ignorance of people when it comes to money well, what was going on yeah what was going on at the time was you know i tell i tell the story tell the story in the book but at like one of the lowest and this is like total you know irony but at the, low, like at the lowest possible point is when a couple of those like miracles, and there's a number of, man, we um, went to Europe, right? Because there was a, 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 a conference that is based on certain, uh, certain factors that uh, were in 2008 before a lot of this stuff started to, to go down. But in 2009 is when you know, that actual conference took place. So it was all expenses paid. You know, we could hardly afford the passports. I'd never, you know, I'd never uh, been outside of uh, the country other than Mexico. Uh, And uh, so we, you know, had a big fight over getting passports because of how much money it was going to cost. And then, you know, we went to, to Europe to this amazing, amazing conference. But there is where, there is where I would say I started to, it was, it was that point in time where I realized how, uh, profound of a, of a business i was in in a, in a good way because as i said like i insurance companies were you know just maybe not in the same uh level as like banks and mortgage companies and and other creditors and investments but i doubted it too you know frankly but that event that conference is what allowed me to have that spark reignited right and it allowed me to understand what it was Because I didn't fully understand what it was leading I only been doing it for six months nine months Until the you know the mortgage crisis started to you know to affect you know not just the united states but the world and That event that conference when we went to europe where I I reconnected with kim butler Where I I had an incredibly meaningful conversation with with nelson nash And I also reconnected with cynthia you know and those were th- that was a period of time that you know i consider that, that that event was what i consider uh one of those pivotal moments that re reignited me that motivated me where i realized that wow like i have something here that is valuable to others and it actually helps others right it does so it's like during this i would say it's a less than a year period of time is when i was in- incredibly humbled right and you know, there's some people that stepped into to my life that uh, helped us out with food, uh, that helped us out with childcare. Cynthia went back to work for for um, probably over almost two years. And uh, so we were both working and just trying to bail ourselves out. In hindsight, I realized it was a pivotal moment. It wasn't like I just went from, you know, night to day over the course of a week, right? It was one of those uh, i learned about uh, Todd, and, you know, Todd and Kim and some of the things that, that they had experienced. I learned you know from what Nelson was saying some of the books he recommended were were pivotal in me having this realization of how the financial system works, um, how it's set up, why it's set up and that just all those things compounded on one another and then I would say the other major pivotal moment came from that and you know this this conference, and when I reconnected with Kim, when I reconnected with Todd and Nelson, and you know, they invited me to uh, a software training that Todd did that I had never been to before, and that software, it wasn't Truth, it, concepts. It, truth concepts, right? Because so, so in that, you know, at that conference, you know, the stories that I heard, not just from them, but from a lot of the other, you know, financial professionals that were there, that a lot of them subscribed to the to the principles and philosophy. Uh, that that I you know thought I did right that I was obviously in, in limbo of questioning you know, but they where Was I going like they Yeah, they they basically Todd and Kim had uh, Had a software because they had been in the in the business and doing this for a really long time a lot longer than I had of course but that software it it allowed me to objectively know that what I was doing was the right thing. Uh, and that if I gave advice, if I told people what to do, I knew it would work. I was, and it was, it was that confidence, plus a lot of the other, you know, friendships and relationships and business, uh, things that were established. I mean, that, that's where it all started. But then once I, I think, you know, truth concepts, going to those trainings, and I went, you know, there were years that I went four or five times a year. Right, and to just soak up as much as possible to get, you know, really the confidence to know that what I was doing was the right thing and it would really help people. And uh, you know, it was, it's kind of over that couple period uh, year period of time that, uh, that 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 confidence that motivation uh, started to affect the way that I worked in in a positive way. And then I'm not sure when it was, but I just started. That's where the momentum started is where I drew a line in the sand and said we're getting out of it Um, We're not gonna do bankruptcy. We're gonna make it work. I'm gonna make it work Well, it was I Don't know it, it was nothing that I don't I don't think I did anything. I mean I I just worked and I did webinars and you know I had a database and you know, we 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 start, you know, the real estate guys is a, you know, is a a story that I tell in the book and it was that relationship. It was other relationships It and just things started to happen. I don't know what, it, I don't know what it was. It was nothing that I did. It's just people started to appear in my life. Uh, I started to love to talk to people again and I wanted to come in every day and talk to people and help people and that just, I, I don't know that, uh, that's where I think a, a lot of the relationships I made where a lot of the uh, opportunities came from is just helping one person and them telling another and then then telling another and that it just kind of compounded and in a way it was it was it was good, but in a way it was bad, right because you know there was uh, a lot of different relationships that started to spawn at the same time and uh, it was difficult to manage. Presented, it presented another series of challenges. It <laughs> traded a headache for a stomachache. Yeah, pretty much. Now yeah, it was like, but it, but it, in the end, it was. I don't know. It was, it was confidence. I I understood more about uh, why I why what happened happened. Why the economy crashed. Um, who was who was responsible? It wasn't one particular person, but it was just you know how things are set up, whether it's legally or financially our monetary system how things are set up that you know in, in most part are not for the benefit of the individual right they're in the benefit of, uh, of, of others and you know and that and that uh, that understanding or that realization right kind of created a, a, a mission driven energy that I don't think I had before this is what I would say you know the, the headache for the stomachache right it's things started to happen and people started to appear. Right, I had some some clients who uh, didn't want to continue with their business, right? And they they came on, uh, but it wasn't me saying I need more people or I want to go recruit people. It was just people started to show up, and and drop what they were doing. People, you know, there's some people that left, um, you know, that that moved to to Utah. There's some people that, you know, some of the guys like ch- completely changed careers. Right, so it was one of those. Just people started to show up, family members, and and it was uh, it was it was awesome, right? Because it was cool to be around people that I knew that I liked, and you know it was like kind of a family dynamic. Uh, but I don't think that was a uh, all all uh, all good, right? Because as we started to as we started to grow, a lot of these relationships, you know, hit hit at the same time, and you know now I had to figure out how to run a run a business right and although you know i may have considered myself a business owner before i hadn't I, I i still don't right i'm still trying to figure it out today because business is i have so much respect for people that run and operate businesses now because it is the it's one of the most difficult things i believe is uh uh is ever accomplished frankly and that's and based on my you know i would say limited experience Uh, But at the same time, I realized that, you know, I had to uh, be in a different position. I had to be in a leadership position. And I wanted to help people, but I found fulfillment and I found that doing it was on the phone, talking to people, doing a presentation, doing a podcast. It wasn't running a business. And I would say there were, you know, some decisions I made during that period of time where I trusted somebody's competence. I trusted somebody that, that, hey, this is what their title is this is what they should be doing and they're going to be successful at it right and you know and i i discovered that that's not always uh, the case right so it's then you know trying to uh, to do human resources type of activities hiring and coaching and leading and you know i didn't i don't i wasn't good i, I wasn't good at it i still don't think i'm good at it. what <laughs> Well, there, I, st- I started to, the, the relationships I started to, uh, to foster, right? Uh, other business people, uh, authors uh, in, you know, not out, all outside of Utah, right? So, because I was really comfortable on the phone, comfortable on video, right? Comfortable doing webinars, uh, not so comfortable doing like live presentations, right? Or, or going and, sp- and, uh, and, and meeting people. But I started, I started to do that and uh, fostered just some, some great relationships. And a lot of them had books, and and the experience of uh, that they had pre-book, post-book, right, was was compelling, right? There's something about a, a book that you know that that uh, that people that people like, right? And there's something about a book or an audiobook that uh, that helps a person understand the author at a, at a different level. Uh, but that was years ago, right? That was years ago. Where I was like, man, I should, I'd, I'd like to write a book, but other books have been written. I didn't think that, you know, I had, uh, I still had that lack of confidence that came from, you know, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, right? Where, you know, who am I to write a book telling people what to do, right? And it, because, you know, I screwed up, and it, you know, uh, the country, the country did, and even though I was back on my feet, we had lot, you know, client, we had clients, we had, um, you know, good. Some good systems starting to get in place. I mean, we were, we were being, you know, modestly successful, and it, and I still didn't have that confidence to to write to write a book, uh, and so it, so I dabbled here and there. I you know met with a consultant that helped me uh, kind of put an outline together, and then you know I put a uh, we put a, a version out, a draft out, and I I read it and I'm like. I'm like, no, this is, I'm not going to put this out. Because I didn't, I, it wasn't like, this is amazing. Like, this is, this is my business. This is my philosophy. This is what I do. It didn't say that. It sounded, you know, superficial. And it probably wasn't. It probably was a good book, right? It was just, maybe it was, uh, it was me at that, at that time. But it was always, but the seed was planted. And so, you know, through one relationship or or another, um, I found a, I found a group. Uh, scribe media that that helped people flush out who they are their philosophy, their voice their message their mission and uh, and they they really helped and it was a writing this book has been you know almost a two year a, a two-year ordeal right just this just this one and it's been it's been amazing it's helped me it's it's helped me understand the relevance of the message especially where we're at you know, today with a, a an economy that's very similar to, to two thousand and seven, and and I think the message the message reflects what I believe. It reflects my philosophy, and it's been an awesome experience doing it. And the business, you know, we're we're, we're working on a lot of you know cultural things and systems and communication. And I feel like so amazing at at the office now with just you know, the, the people that we have here, the, it's kind of like a family dynamic. And, it, you know, it, it allowed me to dedicate more time to, to making sure that the message in the book, the stories, uh, the examples, were what I wanted to, to get out there. And, and I think that the final product, I know that the final product has that.